No my Heidi Mike, Tene Hotaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Very shortly, we touch on a celebration, public celebration of life for Anana Fessel Collins, one of Auckland's most loved sons, was farewell today. Also on the panel, alcohol consumption drops to its lowest level in 15 years. We are not drinking the way we used to. What's happening? What are people drinking? Oat milk? Also today, there are concerns the effect of the closure of a TV network will reverberate way beyond the closure of the station and will drastically affect local TV production and all the people working in the sector. We talked to a person who has directed the likes of Grand Designs, NZ, and we didn't have time for this yesterday, but we had quite a response to it, so we're going to come back to it. Celtic manager Brendan Rogers called a BBC journalist a good girl, sparking sexism complaints. She does not believe he meant to offend, but there are calls for him to apologise. Paul texted into the panel, I'm a 60-year-old man and I'm often referred to as a boy by older peers. It's used as a term of endearment, so no harm done so long as there are no mean intentions. Michelle disagrees. She says regardless of whether he meant any offence or not, it is condescending. Language does matter. Your thoughts. Text me 2101 or you can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With the panel this evening, we have award-winning novelist based out of the Hawke's Bay, Catherine Robertson. Catherine, nice to have you on the program. Thank you for having me. Also today, Scott Campbell, Director of Campbell Squared Communications, former political reporter for TV3. Kia ora, Scott. Nice to have you here. Kia ora, Wallace. And from 7 to 8pm on RNZ, we will have the detail and our changing world. Fa'anana Ethel Collins, one of Auckland's most loved sons, as I said, was farewell today in a public celebration of his life. It was a huge turnout from South Auckland schools, the likes of former All Black Michael Collins, the Prime Minister, Mayor Wayne Brown, politicians of all stripes. And a member of the Collins family spoke of him growing up. Ephesol is the youngest sibling, our baby. (laughs) My nickname for Fess was Bopper, and he called me Gobby. Because I gobbled food, I just learned how to swallow probably when I was 10. Okay. Ephesol <laughs> came into this world weighing 10 pounds, 2 ounces, a bonny lad with fair skin and ginger hair. A lot of our uncles thought, where did this Afagasi baby come from? Ephesol <laughs> was named after our maternal grandfather, Methodist Reverend. Yeah, I can't recall, Scott, um, someone who has made such an impact uh, across the divide, across society, both Auckland and beyond, and indeed political, quite an extraordinary day, really. Yeah, and I guess when you look at it in that context of being a politician, right, to have such a... Uh, I guess a reach across different parts of the community and I think to to see the celebration of his life today you know that's something I guess which says a lot about him uh, and just bringing together 
uh, a whole range of different people into that community. And there was a lot of smiles and a lot of laughs and there was a lot of great singing and things like that, albeit very solemn occasion as well too. Um, but, you know, as we were talking about earlier, you have to cast your mind back to the likes of the Parikura Horomia, yeah. who also had that type of appeal across. And, you know, I think one of the great things about the last few days and the tributes to Efeso have been the commentary on, uh, I guess, his his life as an influencer, and and you know this isn't been something he's just fallen into over the last few years. He's actually dedicated himself to uh, public service for the for you know a lot of his a lot of his life. And I think um, you know today seeing people come out in force, and over the last few days, um, a tribute to a, to a great man. Yeah, yeah, you got us. Got your thoughts, Catherine? Well, I was thinking that you know um, other people. And positions of influence and power should perhaps think about what people are going to say at their funerals, you know? What is their legacy going to be? How many people are going to turn out for them? What kind of mood is there going to be when they die? Um, and I think, you know, it's an absolute tribute to Efeso, Um just to see how many people loved him and and how many people he was important to and whose lives he absolutely changed. Mm. Yeah, kia ora, Catherine, and we may well come back to that uh, in the hour. It is 14 past six, the panel RNZ National. Word on this, one half of New Zealand's supermarket duopoly foodstuffs is to apply to the Commerce Commission to merge its North Island and South Island cooperatives into a single national business. The $25 billion supermarket sector has been closely watched following a government-ordered market study of competition in the sector by the Commerce Commission. The Grocery Action Group says the Commerce Commission should throw out the foodstuffs application and meanwhile a report released today by World Vision shows the costs of 10 common foods like rice, bananas, chicken, tomatoes, eggs, oil had increased by over 50% locally despite food prices trending down across the world with us. Growth Reaction Group Chair Sue Chetwin. Kia ora, Sue, appreciate you being on. Kia ora. So just explain to us how it works now. They don't work as a single business? Um, no. So um, Foodstuff has North Island and, um, and South Island, and the application is to um, merge those two. And you might remember a few years ago, um, Foodstuff was actually Upper North Island, Lower North Island and South yeah. Island. And they merged those two, um, Upper North and Lower North. And um, I think it would be fair to say that consumers have not seen any benefit from that. So there's no reason to believe that this far bigger merger would actually benefit consumers. It would certainly benefit foodstuffs. Would, would, it would be reasonable to think, those who were not, could it not make prices better because it would make things more efficient? I mean, distribution networks across New Zealand are very, very tricky. So merging is sure to help with better prices, right? Um, well, what we would say is that, in fact, it will lessen competition. Um, and so when you have less competition, uh, um, it inevitably means that, um, you know, the, the supermarket can put its prices up and also, it would mean less choice. 
So, um, you know, um, house brands like Pam's would become a um, bigger part of the supermarket. In fact, um, um, Foodstuffs prides itself on the fact that Pam's is one of its most popular brands. So what that actually means for suppliers is that they have less and less opportunity to sell into the to the supermarket group. Um, and it also uh, it also means that, uh, say, in the South Island, uh, and we've seen a few of the suppliers say this, and I, I would say that they do it anonymously because they're all too scared, but they only want to supply the South Island. They don't want to supply the North Island the, you know, for various reasons. Really? Some of them are transport across the Cook yeah. Strait. So that will end for them. Let's go around the panel. So, Catherine... Well, it seems to me that we haven't had any competition in the supermarket industry for some considerable time. And just to create one giant entity strikes me as a foolish thing to do. Let's just put it that way, because it is it, it is going to be of no benefit to anybody because they are going to squeeze suppliers even more because they're bigger. And you're not, you know, as Sue said, they're not. Suppliers are not going to have the opportunity to go and negotiate with different aspects. And I really respect the, you know, the concern of suppliers to want to supply regionally, because that matters, you know. And some suppliers are not able. I mean, I think of some of the, you know, um, products that are here, sort of like local brands in Hawke's Bay, which are in our like New Worlds. I wouldn't expect to see them in an Auckland New World. And I appreciate that they're here, but would they be able to be here if it was just one giant entity? Right. Okay, fair enough. Uh, stay there, Sue. Let's bring in Scott. Hey, so um, just picking up on your comment about people being scared, it seems to be like we speak about this issue, if not almost every month, every few months. Why does nothing change? Why do we continue to have this conversation? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, so, you know, the, the Commerce Commission put out its report on supermarkets in 2022 and basically said, you know, there wasn't competition um, in New Zealand. And so it put um, all these, I suppose, regulations into place. There's a code, there's a supermarket um, grocery act. Um, but to us, it seems like that's all around the margins and what really needs to happen is um, that New World and Pack and Save are split out as two retail brands and probably um, Woolworths has to split up its brands because if you say a new supermarket might come into New Zealand, that's years away and they don't right. have the property. Um, so that you know, that's four or five, maybe even longer years away. Um, but of course, it is going to be a brave... Commerce Commission or a brave government that allows that to happen because, of course, there would be litigation um, from the existing players. But certainly uh, the what the, uh, the Commerce Commission found was that there was unfair competition in New Zealand. I mean, foodstuffs has got 65% of the market. Uh, that's huge. How do we compare internationally on that? Well, say um, Ireland, which, you know, is a sort of similar size. So they have uh, five supermarket chains there, and each of them have 20% of the market. Five? Um, Ireland? All, yes. And, um, and so they, and they compete quite happily. 
And that's what, you know, that is sort of one model we think would be very good if we had more competition here. And you might um, you might have heard Tex Edwards um, from Monopoly Watch talking about what he calls parrot competition, which is a bit like what they've got in Australia with Aldi, but it really only has a very small part of the market there. So, you know, what we need here is a splitting up of these major groups so, you know, there's more fair competition. That's actually quite extraordinary. Um, a country the size of New Zealand having five supermarkets. If you're from Ireland or if you've, have you lived in Ireland, um, can you speak to that? I mean, how, how did you choose what supermarket to go to? Text me to one zero one. Finally, Sue, are you concerned about the fairly slow pace of progress at the Commerce Commission regarding change? Look, yes, we are. Um, you know, they put out um, a, the new code for suppliers today, but our view is that um, this is all sort of around the margins unless you do something substantial. And it's very similar to what they've done in Australia, and it hasn't really moved the dial. So unless they take some sort of courageous steps, then New Zealanders are just going to be paying over the odds for um, groceries. Good to have you here, Sue. Thanks for your time today. That's Sue Chapman, Chapman, Growth Reaction Group Chair. Meanwhile, yeah, that news out today by World Vision, the cost of 10 common foods has increased by 56% across the year, despite things, Catherine, going down. Don't know about you, yeah. but we, we, I mean, we, we really notice it. We go, oh, I said, darling, just check the, check the tab just to see if we've got it right. You know, how can we spend um, 30 extra bucks? It's it, it really adds up, doesn't it? It does, it does. And I'm, you know, I was thinking about our eggs because I our neighbours moved behind us and they couldn't take their chickens with them. So for the first time I've got chickens oh. and I've got eggs and I've got heaps, you know, and me and my neighbour in the front we share. Um, and I was just thinking I haven't had to buy eggs since June last year and it's been absolutely magic. Because they're really expensive, and uh, although my husband's a bit worried about, he's he's not buying so much chicken now because he can't bring himself to eat chicken <laughs> while we have chickens. So there's, that's saving us some as well. There's that. <laughs> Very good. Twenty two past six. The panel are in Z National. Nice to have your company this evening uh, with uh, Catherine Robertson and uh, Scott Campbell. And to this, there are concerns the effect of the closure of a TV network will reverberate way beyond the closure of the station and affect local TV drastically across the board. Yesterday's announcement, News Hub, one of the key media companies in New Zealand, is to close its newsroom end of June, left many in shock, and it sees an end to 35 years of newsmaking. It's been there before. Here, for example, is Nightline's Belinda Todd as TV3 went into receivership in 1990. Hey, want to buy a TV station? Yeah? Let's go shopping! I mean, look at these chairs. Fashion colours, completely fireproof. I like the staff. And there's more. Going cheap. One journalist. The sound technician. Or how about... The whole crew. And that was TV3 in 1990, but this time... It seems final. With us is, and I know, Scott, you've worked at TV3 as a reporter. We'll come to you. But first up, uh, producer 
Peter Brook-Bell, writer, director, producer, with some big titles under his belt, including Grand Designs NZ, Beyond the Darklands, Wild Kyle Legends, and so many more titles. Peter, kia ora. Kia ora, how are you? Good. Uh, firstly, Peter, did you see it coming? No, I think it was a total shock, uh, mainly because a news organisation is usually the hub of most channels. I mean, tv Two's different, but most channels around the world will have a news service that uh, kicks off their evening schedule. So, yeah, having that gone, it's hard to have so much of an identity, I think, for a channel. So moving it beyond the station, beyond the newsroom, explain to us how this will affect the film and TV industry, which employs, well, how many? An extraordinary number of people. Yes, I, I actually see this sort of, not the canary in the coal mine, but this is something that's been happening generally across the board anyway in terms of production. Networks have less money, less advertising revenue, and the decline means that they are spending less money on fully funded shows, that shows that don't have New Zealand on air money. Um, and so a lot of those shows have been cancelled in the last 12 years. But if you look back over 10 years, then, I mean, we used to make a show called called 10 Years Younger for Friday nights, and then there was no longer enough of an audience to, to justify being able to make a program for Friday nights. And that's just continued until I think we won't have any fully funded shows oh, uh, gosh. on these channels. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not good news. Um, well, let's go. Let's bring our panellists in. Scott, I mean, this is your, this is your uh, former whānau, really, isn't it? Do you work there for quite a while? Yeah, and still know a number of um, the team across there. I think, you know, it's, it is a place where I started my career. It gave me the opportunity to build a business and a whole bunch of other things from there. Um, so, yeah, 100%, you know, my, you know, yesterday was a really sad day. But I think going back to your question, did people see it coming? You know, in some ways, if you didn't see it coming, you'd have to be a bit surprised, you know, because I'm a news hound, right? I, I watch all news. I scroll through the internet to find news. But... I watch my 6pm news now at 8.30 or 9 o'clock on demand and I skip through half of it. So, you know, I think surely there were people who were thinking that they needed to innovate. Um, I'd be really interested uh, in your thoughts and just going back to that production side um, of it and the impact on the wider sector. Does this mean that our local content that will be created in New Zealand to be shown on New Zealand TV screens, is will that go? Now that there's well, that, little choice where it goes to? No, I mean, we do have New Zealand on air, uh, and that gives us a thumb buffer. But I will say that because of the uh, diversification of platforms over the last 10 years or so, that money has had to go around more places. So the major networks have been getting relatively less money um, as well as this audience. So it's becoming harder and harder for them to make stuff. Um, and even with New Zealand on air money, it has to show in prime time pretty much uh, for, to justify them putting money into it. So you really get programs that have very little risk involved in them, which is why we get a lot of um, uh, programs being funded that are obviously being made overseas before and have a bit of a track record. And New Zealand on air will even fund those now, even though they wouldn't. Uh, 20 years ago. Uh, Catherine? 
Oh, I think my main concern is that where people are going to get their news from, which has been well talked about. Um, and But I also have to say that since I sort of started subscribing to streaming services, I don't actually look at three or one news anymore at all. Sorry, guys, um, which is possibly, as Scott said, you know, <laughs> you shouldn't be that surprised. But I, ha- I do really commit myself to local news sources like, um, say, Newsroom, Spinoff, RNZ, etc. And if I can subscribe to those, even if it's a little bit, you know, et- Etangata is a fantastic source of news as well. And I would happily put, I, I happily put money towards those platforms because I think it's vitally important that we get credible people providing news to us. I guess my point is that it's not only news that's important to a culture, uh, it is also the, the culture and reflection of news, other New Zealanders on screen, uh, on the radio, not just the ones that are making the news. Well, I, I'm... Yeah, I, I totally, yeah. I, 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 just, I mean, I totally get... Sorry, you go. Yeah. So, you know, Catherine, you go. No, I was just I, mean, I totally get that because it is really important that you know, we see ourselves reflected um, accurately and authentically. But um, I think, you know, as you said, we need to find ways to perhaps collaborate. I know there are some film companies, uh, production companies that work with, say, the TV stations and and foreign investors and TV stations, you know, TV production companies to collaborate to create product that is New Zealand stories, but it's got overseas appeal. So that may be models that we can use um, if we're... Oh, yeah, those are, those are definitely happening. Yes, I mean, they've yeah. been growing in the last few years just because globally that's how people have had to make budgets work. I guess it depends on you know, how much New Zealanders want to pay for New Zealand content. Yeah. And, you know, I understand it's, it's difficult if you're going, well, I've got these streaming services I want to pay for as well. The thing, the thing um, is, I, Scott, I love New Zealand content. I mean, when you think of the likes of Brotown, or actually some of these titles here, Beyond the Darklands, Grand Designs NZ, haven't missed one. And yet, you're right, I haven't watched linear 6 o'clock news for a long time, um, but I do go to those channels and watch the likes of Grand Designs NZ. I do like locally made stuff. Yeah, because it's us. Right? Yeah. So you're watching your you're watching a reflection of people who you know or you might know, or it's a bit of love a bit it. Of your background, and I am concerned that that's possibly a threat. Because hmm. what do we replace well, I, it with? with? Gold rush, <laughs> gold rush in America or something like that? Are we just going to end up on this one channel that's just spinning programs out of the states? Million dollar listing, LA, Peter. It's actually well, not that's, bad. That's the, that's the easy way to do it, isn't it? It's cheap, and even if you've got a small audience. It doesn't matter because it costs you so little to buy. Um, I guess the thing is, that, you know, TVNZ Plus is a, a pretty impressive streaming service at the moment. It is, yeah. And there's very little ads on it, and I wonder if we get to a point where they go, actually, perhaps we should be charging for this um, if we're not going to run a public broadcaster that's fully funded or, you know, yeah. You just have to all watch Married at First Sight or one of those ones. Well, I'll say again. <laughs> Below Dick Mediterranean, Scott. It's actually not too bad. <laughs> let's, just, let's just get used to overseas content, um, Peter, but we'll put in a bid for you. Um, finally, before you go, though, Peter, in terms of when you've had a really quite an extraordinary career uh, across uh, across the years with some of these big titles and beyond, gosh, Attitude uh, being recent series, great series, um, are you are you worried for the people around you? 
I am really worried. Um, I mean, I went to a party on last Friday of 30th anniversary of a production company, an independent production company, and it was, you know, it was a great celebration, but it was also a lot of people are really worried. I mean, I can see a lot of people leaving the leaving the industry if, uh, if this trend continues or moving overseas if they want to keep working. Peter... Kia ora. good to have you here, and I appreciate uh, your time and your thoughts on that. That's Peter Brookbell, director producer of some uh, yeah, some pretty big titles like uh, Beyond the Darklands. Um, and uh, how about you? Be interested to ask the um, the panel listeners: Do you still consume the six p.m. news? Mind you, if you did, you probably wouldn't be listening to this, would you? Anyway, you are on the panel RNZ National. We have Scott Campbell and Catherine Robinson, and it's time for headlines with. Evie Ashton. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.